Welcome to Vision Sunday 2019 Church. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful song. We thank you for the worship that we can offer to you. And most of all, today, God, we pray that all of us who come here will encounter you and we will receive, Lord, a vision from above that will change our lives. So this morning, God, do what only you can. And Lord, we open our hearts and open our ears and we believe, God, there is so much more in store for us from you. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. We pray and everyone say, Amen. Amen. Thank you. One of the things that we talked about lately was how we should not be a Christian. Because, especially after you become a Christian for a while, we tend to think that we have arrived. But really, it is just the beginning. That we, the Bible talks about being a Christian 1% of the time. But 99% of the time in the New Testament, we know we are a disciple of Jesus Christ. It means that we are all still on this journey of learning about Jesus and learning how we can follow Him. So there should be a shift. Everybody say shift. That means we should begin to see ourselves differently. That all of us, we are all on this journey, you and I, we are same. Alright, um, you are learning how to become more and more like Christ, same here. And to know how to be more and more like Christ, I got to know Christ for myself. You have to know Christ for yourself. And all of us are on this journey together. Because being a disciple, it simply means being a student once again. To learn, to be humble. Recently, I realized that humility is really something that is so important that we need to ask God for grace to help us to stay humble. Because the moment we become prideful is the moment we stop learning. The, the moment we think we already know is the moment we stop knowing more. And I learned this this weekend. It's pretty powerful. It says that you don't know what you don't know. So it is scary. We become so proud that we think we know, but really we do not know what we don't know. So let us be a student, let us be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, where we also learned last week, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some of you may think this morning like, yeah, Jesus called us to be a disciple, right? But I have doubts in my heart. It is fine. It is fine to have doubts, alright? Just don't hide your doubts, but bring it to Jesus. Some of you here, you are wondering, yeah, when I learned that I need to be a disciple, is it for me or is it just for others? Can I really do what Jesus has called me to do? Can I still heal the sick? Like, can I... Can I really teach God's Word? Uh, can I do this? Can I do that? Some of you, you may have doubts. But don't worry. Even those who doubted changed the world for Jesus as a disciple. Amen? And verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them. Though they were doubting, some of them, our authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. When Jesus was ascended to heaven, that was not the end of Christianity. That was not the end of God's work on earth. In fact, it was just the beginning. Because when Jesus was on earth, they depended on the physical Jesus. 
But when Jesus was taken out to heaven, suddenly they can depend on the Holy Spirit. And all of them at different places, different parts of the world, they can change the world because Holy Spirit was with them. So that is why we say the work of God, in fact, was just beginning to unfold because Jesus departed and empowered them. Now, of so many things that we, we, we learn, like you, we have to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or to obey. This is a thing, this is a thing that is not rocket science. To teach, you have to learn, right? I mean, to know what to preach, to know what to teach, to really be empowered, we got to learn what the gospel is. We got to know what the word of God is. Otherwise, you teach your own thing, right? Because it says that teach what Jesus has commanded. So in order for you to teach like the, the multiplication table, you got to know the multiplication table. That's as, as simple as that. So in order for us to be effective, we got to keep learning what Jesus is teaching us. This morning, we are all gathered here. Um, once a year, this is our focus. We want to bring everyone in church together and ask God to speak to us through His Word what we are supposed to focus for 2019 as a church. And because the Bible says that without vision, people perish. Without vision, people going nowhere. So today, we want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us as a family. Do you realize you are a family, right? As a family, as a body of Christ that has the vision of Jesus Christ. But vision is not a statement. Vision, its original meaning is what you see. Amen? Today, can you see me? Thank God you have good vision. Some of you, you need glasses, all right, like me. Uh, thank God we can still see. Yeah. Amen? Um, but really, vision is what you see. But very often, the scary thing is we think we have already seen what we are supposed to see. We think that, yeah, and as, as I see Elson, I think I've seen everything about him. But really, it is just an iceberg, right? I mean, all of us, come on, let's be real. Today, you came to church with a smiley face. It does not mean you are really happy. Maybe you have a burden. And the thing is, Jesus is such a good God that He doesn't just look at your external appearance. The Bible says that He looks beyond that. That is why we need not just physical eyesight, we need a spiritual one. I am so thankful that um, Shan, when she was leading worship, she was praying for spiritual eyesight, that God opened our spiritual eyes because it is very possible that though we are physically able to see, but we are spiritually blind. Though we are able to see physically, we may be spiritually blind. That is why we need Jesus to come and cause us to see beyond what we see. To see His kingdom, to see the vision that Jesus has. How do we have spiritual eyes or eyesight? Jesus, it is really interesting that every time, every time when He performed a miracle, he said, because I see what the Father is doing. Man, every time I read the scripture, I'm a bit jealous, like, God, how come I do not know one, <laughs> right? Like, Jesus, you always know what God is doing because He has that spiritual eyesight. And Jesus had that because of His connectedness to God through the Holy Spirit. And today, I pray that Vision Sunday is more than just telling you a statement, uh, making it cool, and hopefully everybody will keep talking about it. No. It is an ability to see what is in the heart of God through 
our connection with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that Holy Spirit will do something deeper in us today that we will really see and say, ah, I finally see it. But it takes a hunger to ask God, to say, God, today I come to service. I do not just want to look at Pastor Daniel or anyone else. By the way, just call me Daniel next time, all right? God, I do not just want to see Daniel preaching. I, I, I want to hear what you want to speak to me. And that desire will open the door for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Our vision cannot be a project. Cannot be a project. Project comes and goes. Our vision is an understanding. Everybody say understanding. It is an understanding because when you see, you understand that you and I are the sons and daughters of God. So, let me ask you a very difficult question. Um, who should I ask now? <laughs> Joey, if you are the son of God and I'm the son of God, she's, she's the daughter of God, what does that make us? Family. Family. Wow, praise God. Give him a big hand. He's like, whew, smart. <laughs> wow. God must have given you like spiritual... But you see, a lot of times we see ourselves as a child of God but we never see each other as brother or sister. May God give us that eyesight to see beyond what we see. Now, when you see beyond what we see, it doesn't mean like, yeah, um, you are Chinese. Um, I'm Chinese. Some of us, some of our friends here from America, right? It doesn't mean suddenly you cannot recognize that they are from the States. They are from the other part of the world. They are taller, very good looking, right? It doesn't mean you cannot tell the difference. No. It simply means you begin to see beyond that and understand that we are all family. That means you can be Indian, I'm Chinese, we are family. And it's not just here, but you really understand each other from that aspect, that we are family. How about the people in the world? I want to show you something that I just added during worship, so there is no slide. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 36. Or we can start reading from 35. Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. The Bible says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So you see, you, you want to preach the gospel of the kingdom, you've got to understand what the gospel is all about. And you've got to not just know it, but to experience it. And healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Verse 36, take note. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were worried and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he, he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Imagine this. Today, Jesus is here. He's healing. He's healing like some of people like need some healing to grow taller. Uh, they pray, then suddenly grow, right? <laughs> just kidding, bro. <laughs> just, to, uh, so, just to wake somebody up, all right? You have perfect height. God knows it, don't worry. <laughs> some people need, some people need, like, need to hear. They, they lose their eyesight because everyone is so healthy here, right? I somehow have to pick on you, sorry. But, you know, Jesus began healing everyone and I think to us, it is a revival meeting already. Am I right? I mean, you have healings, people are believing in Jesus and needs are met, that everybody is happy because there was healing and this is what we see. I mean, in our view, it is a successful meeting. Jesus, we should just go back and celebrate. But you see, Jesus is not just seeing with his physical eyesight. He looked beyond that. The Bible says that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved 
with compassion. It was a compassion that other people did not realize. Probably the disciples like, come on, come on, queue up, queue up. If you want healing, queue up. If you need a touch from God, queue up, all right? He would like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But then suddenly Jesus, within him, something came forth. It was the compassion of God. Why? Because these people were like sheep without a shepherd. They were tired and they were scattered. Though they were all in one place, they did not have a vision. Though they got their healing, but they still do not have a purpose in their life. They still do not have a shepherd that can lead them. Friends, I pray that God will begin to give us the eyesight as well. You come to church, high-five every time, sing songs together, and it looks like a good time, heavenly moments. But can we see things like what Jesus saw? When he saw them, the Bible says that he was moved. He probably teared. He probably like, was really moved that even the disciples could see. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labor few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to the field, to the harvest. Compassion will move us to pray. Having that spiritual vision, having the understanding will cause us to pray. One of the challenges that we probably will face in this lifetime is always to only operate with our physical senses. Because we are every day, right, filled with sensation like you see you, I watch YouTube, we watch, um, some of you, you watch like drama, you listen to music on Spotify, you, you experience every, every day with your physical senses. But Jesus, He was operating His spiritual vision and He was moved when He saw the people, although they were having healings, He felt the need to pray that let us go out. There is still so much more. City Light, the vision Sunday that we are having, the vision that we are believing God for is not for people here, but the harvest out there. If we cannot see, we must pray. We must pray until we can see. If we cannot have that compassion, we must pray until we have that compassion of Jesus. Today, we're just going to focus on Acts chapter 1 and 2. And we want to see what it means to really have that vision. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. So it is a continuation of what Jesus spoke before He was taken up. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. On one occasion, that was before the crucifixion, While he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates. The father has set his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Look at the word promise. Every promise of God in the Bible is for us. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is described as the promise of the Father. It's like, it's not any other promise. It's the promise to have the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, you will receive power. You watch Marvel, right? I, I, I don't know the, what is the, 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 the current one, but I know every Marvel hero has power. And you have power. The power is not from me. It is from above. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be witness. And your power is not restricted to your CG and Penang. The power is for you to go to all the world. 
even to the ends of the earth. Now, Acts chapter 2, let's go quickly go through the scripture first. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, Jesus asked them to wait, and they did wait, praise the Lord. Otherwise, we, got no, we, we don't have a church here, and we, don't have, we do not know Jesus. They waited, and the Holy Spirit came and filled them like fire. And they began to speak in tongues. Other tongues, not just Hebrews, but other languages. It is quite a sign, right, to let them know these tongues is also for you to go to other parts of the world. It's not about yourself. It's not about your own race, Chinese, Hokkien, Penang. It's not. It's for the world. And you will be witness. And as they begin to speak, the Holy Spirit was moving. Then I want, you bring, I want to bring you all the way to verse 42. So between verse 42 to verse 4, they have a revival. Peter preached and 3,000 were saved. Right? But verse 42, I want, to, I want you to see, they begin to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possession to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I want you to activate your imagination that the vision is not just about what they do, but you should see a picture First, Jesus said, I'm going. You got to wait. Right? And I will give you the promise of the Holy Spirit and you will perform miracles. You will move in power. Then they waited. And in fact, really, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And many were saved. But really, verse 42 it shows us that they really obeyed what Jesus said because they really gathered together in one place with one accord. And at the same time, they, were conti they, they continued to teach the Word of God. Remember in Matthew, Jesus asked them to teach everything that I've taught you. And in Acts, they really taught because suddenly, 3,000 were added to them, am I right? And they really continue to teach. Now, I want to make things simple for all of us again. When was the last time you gathered with a group of people and you teach what God has taught you? Right? And it is very simple thing. It is a picture of a group of followers of Jesus Christ doing what He has called them to do, living lives together every single day. The vision is not what you do on Sunday. The vision is about what you do every single day. It is an understanding of how we should live our life as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You see, religion restricts us. This is what you do at a certain hour. You should pray three times a day. A lot of Christians pray three times a day. You know why? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right? Muslim pray five times, right? Christian pray three times before we eat. And you... Just kidding, alright? I know you do more than that. But what I mean is, that is religion. Religion tells you that you perform your religious duty on what day? On Sunday. And some, some Christians feel bad. Because, sorry, I cannot perform my religious duty on Sunday. No. 
Coming to church is not your religious duty. Living out there every day, being a disciple of Jesus Christ, that is what we are called to do. Don't feel bad for Sunday. Think about Monday to Saturday too. And everyone say, so I want you to bring, I want to bring to your attention this word in verse 42. The Bible says that they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Devotion, devote, it's not a very modern word, but I really cannot find another word that can replace it because you can use the word commit, but the meaning is slightly different. Devotion, right, it's, it's not just what you do. It, it is something within. It is your entire being. They devote themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The title of my sermon this morning is Devote. We want to devote ourselves. This year, 2019, we, as a church, we want to learn how to live a life of devotion, not just inspiration. Yeah, I feel led to pray this month. Next month, I feel led to go and do some street evangelism. The following month, I feel led to do nothing, right? It's always like inspiration and feelings. But the Bible says that they devoted themselves. Devotion is a word that is very tough for our generation to understand. It is because we change all the time. We change our preference. Everything changes so quickly. Some people, they were once very devoted to Blackberry, you know, now all moved to Apple or something else, right? Things change. Your pastor is still the same, all right? But anyway, <laughs> that is not the point. The point is devotion is not, your, it's not activity. Devotion is a lifestyle. The vision 2019 for our church is we pray that all of us will be purpose as one because Jesus has given us a command. Jesus has given us a mission to be as one, to wait together for the Holy Spirit, to be in one place with one accord. That means not just our body is there, our heart and our soul is in one place, right? To a life of discipleship. Not just doing what disciples do, but also to live that life from within to be transformed by God's Word, to be transformed by the Gospel, and to make disciples. Because when we live it out, that is the best way to influence. Devotion as a lifestyle, not what you perform, not what you can do. Three points today that we want to focus on. Number one, it is to be in one place with one accord. Everybody say one accord. Do you know that when you, for us to learn about unity, the best person to learn from is God. Let me give you a few examples. God is the God of Trinity. Perfect unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Perfect unity. But God is not just united as God Himself. God is also he also identified himself with us. That's why when Jesus came to the world, he did not come with his chariots, with his angels. He did not come and say, come on, listen to me. If you don't listen, you die. If you don't believe that I can perform a miracle, that's, that's about it. No, the Bible says that Jesus came in the form of man. And that took a long time, nine months in Mary's womb. 30 years, live as a normal human and nobody knew what Jesus was doing. That was like whole 30 years to, to be united with human, to know what we feel, to be tempted like you are and I am tempted. 
to experience pain, joy, laughter, tears, everything. Because God really understood the power of being united together. Unity is harder to achieve nowadays. Is you go to your Chinese New Year, you have this reunion dinner. It's very scary because a lot of times when we are there, we are not really there. You take picture to show the food to all your friends around the world. And a lot of times, certain food you don't eat because it's too fat for girls, right? And not only that, a lot of times we just continue to chit-chat with our friends and not being united over that meal and to share life. And so many times we are so busy cooking the food, make sure that, you know, we wear the new clothes, make sure our Instagram, the pictures that we take is Insta-worthy. And we make sure we keep following whether people like our pictures and people comment on it. It can be the same for church. We can all be in the same place. But some, some of us, we are here because we are asked to be here. Some of us, we are here because our parents fetch us here. Or we are here because I got nothing to do on Sunday. But that is not being in one accord. We should be in the one place with the same heart, same mind, same vision. City light. This year, let us go back to the basic to be one again to be one with God, to be one with each other in spirit, to have that unity. You see, Jesus calls us the body of Christ. Is your hand united with your body right now? I hope it is. Normally, we don't appreciate our hands until it gets disconnected. (laughs) And the thing is this, when one part of your body is injured, like let's say your, your finger, when you chop the veg accidentally, oops, right? It's just a cut. You don't score your finger, useless finger. Can't you be stronger? I don't like you. No. You take care of your finger, you kiss, like, oh, Jesus, I pray for my finger. Sorry, I take my finger for granted. Right? That's what we do. But you see, the, time, the, the problem is when we are in the body of Christ. I don't like that person. I hope he's not from City Light, right? Change church, change church. Now, not only that, sometimes we see people from other church, we also don't see, don't see them as part of the body. Yeah, that church, yeah, that church. Come on, there's only one church really when Jesus sees. Right? Though, Though that church may have a different approach, a different kind of way of doing things, that doesn't change the fact that when Jesus comes back, all of us will be one body. And we are here, over here on earth, one body. But the problem is, is a generation of narcissism, right? We come to church, sometimes... We come to a place, we're very, very spiritual. I want to know from God, what is my gifting? Or what is my calling? What has God called me to do? Oh, I want to bless the church, man. I want to know that gift. You see, you cannot function and perform your gift or discover your calling without knowing you are a body. I mean, if I, you, you chop your hand off, don't talk about your function anymore. You cannot play tennis, you cannot write, you cannot paint, you cannot do anything. But a lot of times we come, we focus so much on my gift and my calling, it must be developed, it must be used. But we don't realize that actually, you think your hands is supposed to play tennis, but really, you're hungry, you're supposed to just use your hand and feed yourself. A lot of times we come to church, my job is to play tennis and win the, win the world championship but other parts of the body is hungry. You are supposed to serve one another. Let's understand each other as a body, not just a body part. And to do that, it takes devotion. And when we are united in one spirit, then the body of Jesus becomes very powerful because all of us work together as we listen to Him. Who is the head? Jesus. Now, the, the thing is this, if your body, right, your hands and feet, and maybe some of you, you are the belly, 
I don't know why there are some belly, right? right. So, so we have all different parts. But the thing is this, we all won't be able to see unless we are connected to the head, which is Jesus. That is why I think it's important that we come together to pray. Every month, we make it a point to come together to pray. We want God to speak to us because He's our eyes, He's our head. Only He knows where to go. And we cannot say, you know, I just want to move according to what Jesus told me two years ago. That was good, but it may not be good already for now because Jesus has new direction, new words for us. So, being in one accord, why not you just look at your neighbour with a loving look and say, we are all one body. If you have not found a community to be part of, I want to encourage you to find a way to be connected. Alright? If you have not found a, a place, a, a connect group, or a few friends that can pray together in, with you in this church, I'm so sorry. I, I really want to meet everyone's need. But every time after service, I run here and run there, you know. Let us also understand you can approach someone as well. Amen? That is being in one accord. Number two, as they stay together, what did they do? They prayed. Alright? How do we know? Firstly, Jesus said, pray the Lord of Harvest to send workers. Am I right? Jesus says that they were all gathered in one place. And we know that that time, they prayed and wait, waited. Verse 42, the Bible says that they devoted themselves to prayer. Church, let us learn how to pray ourselves. Pray in a secret place to be connected to God. But at the same time, let us pray together until our hearts are changed, until our vision is restored, until we see the people as a family of God. I want to say this, that all of us here, it is important that we will pray God actually change. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about prayer changes us. So when you pray the kingdom of God, when you pray the family of God, you begin to see each other differently. You begin to walk and say, man, you are my brother, right? And we begin to ask God for a vision to see him beyond a tall guy, a young folk, right? Um, beyond an excited, he's my brother. God show me what his needs are and I can minister to him. Don't see him as a seat warmer, you know, because I'm an usher. He's a seat warmer. He warmed the seat, I arranged the seat. Yeah. No, that's not the way. This is a living being, a child of God my brother. Same for him, same for her, same for everyone else. But it, 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 it takes time to pray and allow God to do that work. And the Bible says that when we wait upon the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be given to us because it is the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is like fire. If the Holy Spirit was not given to them, the disciples were not supposed to move. That means if we do not receive the Holy Spirit, we do not have the power from above. No matter how you go and how you work hard, we will travel nowhere. That is why the church is not about just about the leadership of pastor. It is a, or the leadership of the people. It is also the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to fill every single being. Don't believe in the lie that some people are called to have the Holy Spirit, some people are not. No, every one of us can receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and you can pray for one another to receive the Holy Spirit. He gives us power so that we can empower. The power is from Him and the, the, the source is unlimited. That is why you and I, this year, ask God to show us a vision, show you and I a vision where you can empower 
as you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Some of you here, this year, God is asking you to lead a group of people. God has spoken to you about leading a group of people. When you see them, God speaks to you and you have compassion for them. They are like sheep without shepherd. Maybe it's a group of people who play basketball near your house. God is speaking to some of you as you pray. The thing about prayer is that it doesn't, it's not just restricted to, it's not just restricted to your own room or church. Prayer can be anywhere. And I, I urge and I ask that all of us learn how to pray for the people out there. Do your prayer walk when you go to your office. Maybe just take two minutes. Just reach two minutes earlier. Take a walk around your working area and say, Jesus, help me to see this secretary that always calls me because I don't meet my deadline, right? Jesus, bless this seat before she reach. Okay, don't, don't speak to. Just talk to God. Let, let, me, let, let, let me pray that God, so that I can have your vision for her or him. Then, you walk. God, I pray for my boss. He's very stressed out. The sales this year is not good. God, I pray that God show me a vision until I can see my boss that is very bossy as a family. He doesn't know yet. Your boss doesn't know he's a family. He doesn't know he's created by God, right? But you pray until you feel it. You pray until when he scolds you, right? You feel, ah, so fatherly. <laughs> right? You, it changes us. Prayers should change us. Like you, are, you, you, opens a, you, op, you open a cafe or you open a, a restaurant, the customer comes in, you serve, right? Then the customer is very demanding. But then you pray for the customer and God begins to show you that this customer is so demanding because he is very empty on the inside. Because all his life, he always needs to meet, meet other people's expectations but nobody meets his, right? You begin to feel like, man, I need to minister. So when you pray and you walk as you lead, are led by the Holy Spirit, suddenly your world changes. Purpose as one to live a life of discipleship. That was how the disciples operated. When Peter, John and James, I think, they, when they walked to the, the temple, right, there was this beggar. You know what we do normally? What I do, I don't know about you. I try to skip like... <laughs> I, uh, if I don't give money, not good, right? But I also do not know whether they are real or not, like legit or not. Don't laugh at me, okay? Don't judge me. But I need to learn how to operate and how to pray. Say, God, is there anything that you want me to do? This is my brother. Can you imagine your brother is sitting there homeless? Can you imagine your brother? Like Clara, you have a brother, right? Can you imagine he comes to Penang and he sleeps he sleep at the street there? Can you imagine? Like, Ezra, I'm sorry. But can you imagine he's there, that he needs to wait, put a bowl there, people give him money, then only he has food. Imagine. But that was what Jesus felt. That, that compassion from heaven moved him. Christians, too, much, too many times we try to make our faith reasonable. We try to think so that it will be comfortable for us. But that is not how disciples should be. We should pray until we receive the heart from God. This is something that I need the Holy Spirit to help me because I, the, as I prepare, I realize that God, I'm so far from your original design, your original call upon my life. That church, we do not want to be a church that just knows how to lead worship or do the sound and the light and ushering and all that. But we go out, right? Our blood is cold. That our, we have family members in church, they are sick. We don't visit. We choose to go cinema instead of visiting a friend that's in hospital. We choose to watch our Netflix instead of, I'm not judging anyone watching Netflix, all right? But I'm, I'm saying that we cannot just keep ourselves so busy with things that have no eternal value. I need Jesus. I need to pray. I need the Holy Spirit. 
And I believe all of us are in the same condition today. Finally, the third point. Jesus gave them a command to go. Jesus gave them a purpose. I always love it, how Jesus showed it to us. Jesus did not choose the qualified. Jesus chose the unqualified. Jesus believed in the disciples who were uneducated, untrained, often make mistakes very often. Jesus believed in them, gave them a command, and he left. I think a lot of times, not a lot of times, all the time, Jesus believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. So the thing is, do you believe in yourself? Okay, it's, it's very confusing. This is not philosophy. Do you believe in what you think or do you believe in what Jesus thinks? Who knows the future? Who knows our past? Jesus. If Jesus says you can be a disciple, you can make disciples, you can heal the sick, this year, many of you will go out and heal in the name of Jesus. Some of you, because you pray, God begins to show you vision of people getting healed. God shows you the vision of how your company atmosphere will be when He is in it. And you begin to pray, you begin to visualize, you begin to speak into your company. The thing is, all of us, we always pray for a perfect company, a working environment, am I right? But the thing is, if it is already so bright, so good, it's very hard for your light to shine. Some of us here, our company is bad. Don't worry. The darker it is, the easiest for your light to shine, even if your light is quite dim, like mine, we can shine. Because light is brightest when it is, the environment is darkest. Jesus has a purpose for you. His spirit is in you. When He created you, He breathed his breath into you and his DNA is in you. That's why he said, go. Go into all the world. How big is the vision today? How big, this vision Sunday, how big is our vision? I don't know. I know it can be as big as the world. It can be as big as the world. Even one day you are not in Penang, you can still fulfill this vision in the Philippines, in China, in India in Africa, because Jesus' vision for us is to go into all the world. The key is, we got to have that vision of Jesus. You know, when you look at someone's eyes, really, really focused and close, you can see what the person sees through the reflection. As we come into worship, can I have the worship team? As we come into worship, as we look at the eyes of Jesus, I pray that you will see what Jesus sees. Jesus begins to see your family. Jesus begins to see your neighbor, the people that walk on the street. And you don't just see what you see through your own eyes. Every one of you, every one of us, you may be quiet, you may be an introvert, you may think that you don't have a gift, but you are part of the body. You are connected to Jesus. It is impossible to be connected to Jesus and not have power. You may not be eloquent, you may not preach the gospel on stage, in fact, you don't have to and you should not think about that is preaching. Preaching is every day. Leaving it out is every day. And I want to ask God, I, I believe that this is only what God can do to change our heart this morning. That God will change our heart on the inside. That you will have the understanding of His kingdom and His family and you will see yourself, and I will see myself as just a son. And I devote myself to my father. And God, 
I want to live a life in you, through you, for you. And I want to devote myself to be one with your entire family because I cannot operate alone. I need your body. I need encouragement. I need somebody to pray for me. And I need to help to serve one another. And God begins to, to show you that when you are connected together, as you work together, God will enlarge your influence and your capacity. There is a purpose. And God is saying to you, when you follow Him, you will not just be a disciple, but you will also make disciples. What is the difference? You will begin to bear fruit as you abide in Christ. What does that mean? It means you and I can actually be leaders in somewhere, but we are not the leaders like the world, but we are leaders who serve. What is the difference between leaders and followers? Followers only follow a lot of times without knowing what is next. But a leader understands the heart. A leader that Jesus uses, a leader that is submitted to Jesus can create because we serve a creative God with the help of the Holy Spirit. You will know what to do in the marketplace family. Every situation is different, but Holy Spirit is with you when the Holy Spirit speaks to you about an idea on what to do, that is the creative power of God. When the Holy Spirit impresses you, prompts you to pray for someone, you don't need the pastor to tell you, you don't need your leader to tell you because you have the Holy Spirit. He is the best teacher. He will guide you to all truth. He knows when, the, when God is moving and I can't wait as we go out, I can't wait to hear testimonies. I can't wait to hear the book of Acts being lived out in this generation when everybody not restricted to a CG system or whatever that's how we gather but we are free to go out to make disciples and everybody begin to just love the word of God because Jesus says teach them I need to teach I need to learn and when we, as we learn we realize that man there's so much more I do not know and the more I need to learn and we begin to see the world as a family regardless of race. Can I say that? Every race is part of the family. Every race. Race that you like. Race that you dislike in the past. But today, maybe God can change our hearts if you are open to Him. I used to hate certain race. But when God came into my life, He changed me. As they devote themselves, something changes. Can we stand to our feet?